Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Today I'm starting a little series on um, grace gifts. We've been on grace. In the Passion Translation, it talks about them as being grace gifts. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. But um, I first wanted to, you can leave that up there the whole time because that's the only one I made. I, I just want to give honor to Cece. She is a dreamer and a psalmist and a writer, and she has over a thousand works of writing to her credit. And she dreams about probably anywhere from four to ten dreams a night. And it's just a, it's a it's an honor to try to help her sort those out. God has changed her. It's an honor. And um, I want to honor her because it's not easy for her. And so I like to just publicly honor her. But um, she's been, God has been changing her dream life. And it's just so that she won't forget it. She could listen to me talk about it again another time when she does forget it. Um, he is shaping us through some prophetic dreams that she's having. How many feel like they're prophetic dreamers? Stand up quick. Beautiful. So I just released, stay standing up. I want to give you something. Don't be so eager to sit down. Papa, I just release the power of understanding to these prophetic dreamers. In the name of Jesus, I break the strongholds of the enemy that have caused them to think they mean nothing. And I release the power of the Spirit to bring understanding to their hearts. And I release the power of interpretation so that they will be encouraged by how you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you can sit down. Part of God pouring out His Spirit in this time is that we're becoming aware of the desire of the Holy Spirit to speak to His people. And what is the desire of the Holy Spirit? It's so that people, that's you, say I'm a people, people. will do the works of the Spirit. That's the end game, bottom line. And there is opposition to that, right? And I feel like that what God is doing even through this transition that she's going through in her dreaming is he's helping her to know. The first thing I ask her is, what did you feel in the dream? Because some people dream with a feeling. I don't personally dream like that. So, you know, it's it's a new thing that we're able to unpack. We're able to have understanding on. The Holy Spirit wants to give us understanding on all these amazing things he gave us, yes. right? Yes. And I propose that the reason why we hold back in advancement in the Spirit is for lack of understanding. So my desire is to educate you, right? I want to be an educator of the presence. If If you put anything on my little tombstone, okay, when I die, and on my little box with my little ashes, then right on there, she wanted to educate us in the presence. Right? 
Because God is such, he's, he's life. He's life. Everything he does is about giving you life and hope and encouragement and direction and strength and right. Why would God work against himself? Just like God wouldn't put sickness on people just because Jesus can heal it, heal them, right? He wouldn't put confusion on us just so the Holy Spirit can bring understanding. So God doesn't work against himself. He's super good at being God. We're super good at understanding God. We're working on it, right? Come on, are you working on it? Don't you love it when you finally get to the place where you're like, oh, that's what he was doing. That's what he was saying. That's what he was meaning. So real quick, a couple dreams that she had. You can work it out on your own. She had two more people group dreams, which she had three on Wednesday morning, wasn't it? Wasn't that Wednesday? She's got two more. So here's the two more. And y'all can work it out in your small groups. If you don't come to a small group, I invite you to come. It's a great time to get into all your stuff. Be vulnerable. Don't come. If, no, no, don't say that. This is what she said. This is her interpretation because I don't have time. Her dreams are like epic. But here's the, here's the snippets. Some are in the flow of following but then suddenly you decide that maybe you can get to the same destination another way. So you abandon the vehicle you're in in the following. It's a warning to not go down a detour on your own. Anyone ever done that? Isn't it funny how we're... Think about... This is the way that... When she told me the dream, this is what I saw in the Spirit. There was a really long line of traffic. And you know you're supposed to be in that line. Have you ever, have you ever, does anybody, when you're in the line, you're like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to, okay, this is probably for you. And we weren't sure where it was going. We weren't sure if the light was green. We weren't sure. Does anybody follow me? And so we thought to ourselves, I'll go around it. Well, here's what happened. When you went around it, she, they ended up in the dream in a dead end. They had to abandon the car they were in. And they took out on foot thinking they could get there. And they left two things behind in the car when they went out on foot. Purse and glasses. What's that? Identity, vision. So if that's you, right? Just get back in the line. You don't know where it's going. Another interesting thing in the dream was that um, they had pulled out a Walkman because they were going to listen to some music. And see, that's an old way, right, to listen. We can all see that pretty clearly. And they had um, tried to find an old album of somebody named, named Four. So the, the number four represents, in my opinion, John Four. What's in John Four? Jesus says, the Spirit is looking for those who will worship God in spirit and in truth. There's a day coming. This is that day. Right? So if you are about the four, if you're about that, then that word's for you. The second dream she had, this is what she said about. There are those caught in the web of looking back at their past through rose-colored glasses. 
experiencing condemnation and regret for the choices they made basically to serve God. They are under the influence of a lie that says the past toxic, toxic relationships and circumstances were actually good and that their choices to pursue and protect living in the truth and health actually caused the loss of something of value rather than a gain of walking in wholeness and truth. So that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Listen, my advice to you, if you're one of these people groups, I said it on Wednesday, remember? Have you a little worldwide funeral? You know, put that thing to death. All right? Can you do it? All right, sure, you'll write something and send out to your small group, so. Okay, today, it's a good day. Let's turn to Ephesians 4. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, I've been talking about that for a long time, about spiritual gifts, and those are the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And what did we learn from that? It was super clear to me that the highlight of the Holy Spirit for all of that is, number one, discernment is key. Listen, I said it on Wednesday. There's all kinds of voices going on, good, good encouraging voices. But you have to know if it's a target for you. Somebody might walk in here and try to give you a prophetic word. And you've got to know, you've got to have discernment whether that's for you or not. Everybody wants to practice. Have you ever had a new toy? Don't have me want to play with it right away. Well, see, that's the same thing. When someone becomes, wow, I got a gift. I hear stuff. They just want to practice with it, right? But it's discernment that's the key. And so that's a good takeaway from all those talks about that. And the other thing, which I'll probably get to soon, is love is the motivation. So... Let's set all that aside. That's all goodness, right? We all learned a lot about our spiritual gifts then, right? So now in Ephesians 4. Now, let's think about the Holy Spirit and Jesus and Papa while we're talking about this. I like to think about what's the overarching purpose of God. And the overall arching purpose of the gifts that we've received to me is to operate with them the way that God had intended. That sounded more profound in my head. Not to just rework the reason the gifts exist. So for instance, the reason that you can prophesy is nothing about you. Right? It's for an encouragement. It's for an exhorting. It's for a lifting up. I mean, I can sit here and the Holy Spirit can tell me all kinds of things about people, but I have to sift it through the language of the Spirit that would be an encouraging word. Yes. Right? Yes. So, you know, when I gave a word to Kristen, did I say that right? I'm, I'm, I'm really not good with names, honestly. Um, I, I saw something big and fluffy, and I had to ask, I had to find the face. What, who, what is that big and fluffy thing? I could have said big and fluffy. Now, would that have meant anything? See, so that's the first picture I get. 
It was big and fluffy, and it was pretty. It was beautiful. It was white. It was flowy. Oh, I just wanted some of that silky stuff on my body. It was so... But then I, I had to ask the Holy Spirit more questions. Now, see, when we're immature with our gifts, what do we do? Big and fluffy. I mean, we just want to get it out there so fast. I mean, just like... Because why? Because it's like a hot potato. I've said... I've held stuff for 10 years before. So there's, there's refining in the tension... And if you're going to operate with the gifts of the Spirit, to do it the Spirit's way, you're going to have to live in tension. Ask Cece sometimes. I think Cece lives in tension 90% of the time because this is all new to her. I might be like skipping through the mails going, this is great, this is awesome, and there's tension for her. And see, what, what is going on in that tension? Something in me is being remade to look like him. To operate like him, with him. Listen, I spent, I've been, I'm 60, so I've been in church my whole life, but I literally spent 20, probably 32 years, 32 years of my life working for God. And I remember he came to me and said, I'm tired of you working for me. I've called you to work with me. And I had a death. I remember laying in my bed, writhing around. It was like, I don't know, probably some sort of of religious spirit detox. Let's, let's call it that. Where the religious spirit was like, nobody's going to think anything. Nobody's, they're going to all call you. They're going to all, right? right oh, 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 oh. But when I came out of that season, I realized I didn't know him. I always volunteered for stuff, but I didn't know him. And so this, this person you see now died at 32. And something else got resurrected, and then I was an infant. I was an infant. I was an infant with revelation. Do you understand at all what I'm saying? I mean... I could have spent the rest of my life just doing a bunch of things for him. But I, I came to this realization that was all the religious spirit. It was exhausting. I was tired. I was weary. One of the indicators for me that I was mad at people because they wouldn't change. That's the spirit of religion. See, that's the tension. See, when you first... Realize that you have a gift. If you really step into what I'm going to talk about today, you'll say, this has to be refined. Hello? This isn't good in this state. I'm just aware I have something. Right? I'm just aware I'm driving around in a 2,500-pound missile, but I need to learn how to drive. Right? Think of your ministry. Think of your time here on earth is like you're in a car. I like that analogy a lot. It's got to be seen about. It's got to be stewarded. It's got to be managed. It, it has cares and concerns and weariness, and you've got to take care of it. And then once I begin to refine it, I realize I thought it was for me this whole time, and I realize it's to give away. I realize that I'm full of everything that fills him, and I want to make sure you are too. Have you gotten to a place where you're getting a little bit filled of him? It feels good, right? We can't stop there. And then 
more attention comes. More attention comes. Then you step into this place where now I have to deliver it in a way that they'll receive it. And I have to believe that they'll hear me. See, because that's that's attention. I mean, why develop something nobody cares anything about? Why develop something nobody's going to listen to anyway? Why develop something? That's why you have to learn diplomacy. You have to learn. See, I, I'm a designer by trade, whatever. But when I go to somebody's house, I listen to what they want. And I try to get what they want within the budget they can afford. Because they always want something they can't afford. Why? Why do we always want something? Because it's not been refined yet. And so in that tension, my gift, as I'm stewarding it, I realize I've got to be able to deliver it in a way that the person I'm talking to would be able to receive it where they're at. That's super hard. Because you have to think beyond just the, you're thinking about what you're hearing him say, and you're also asking the Holy Spirit, who is the audience I'm talking to? I have this tension in here. Because some of y'all have been coming for a long time. You're super mature. And then we always will have new people. And they have no idea what I'm talking about. And all you people that have been here a long time are like, pumped! Right? And new people don't even know if they're believing me. Who are you? Why would I listen to you? Right? And so there's tension. I have tension. That's why God told me, always speak to the maturest in the room. Why? Okay, well, let's think about little children. If you got a 12-year-old and a 2-year-old, you're probably not going to talk. You're not going to talk about the same thing to both of them, but you're going to encourage the two-year-old to model the 12-year-old, hopefully. Right? So it's something to what? Aspire to. Why is that in us? Why do we all want to be great? Nobody wants to be a loser. Nobody wants to be a zero. Right? So, but remember this the whole time that the goal is not to find a title, but the goal is to understand the Holy Spirit can operate through me with anything He wants. Listen, in my lifetime, the prophetic and apostolic have been restored on the planet. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but it's just true. So that means in my lifetime, there was a time when I was a little girl that nobody knew anything about the apostolic. There's just a couple of weird churches named that, right? <laughs> they were black churches, weren't they? <laughs> they were. I knew it all day. And so nobody knew what that name meant, right? Nobody was there explaining it, right? And so why now there's become all kinds of information out there about the apostolic. Same thing with the prophetic. Remember when it was just that one guy that could? The little engine that could? And now you realize you can? Right? But it's not enough just to know that I have some gifts. Now see, Ephesians 4 messes up a lot of people because, and let me propose this is why. Let's read it. Don't let me forget to tell you what I propose. 
Ephesians 4. Can I just read it real quick? As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling. Say, I've got a high rank. Okay, you're just learning to live from a place of where you are ranked in the Spirit. For a minute, just close your eyes and look at your ranking in the Spirit. That's different than your ranking on earth. Okay, it's a supernatural calling. That's a beautiful thing. Did anybody see it? It's beautiful, right? I can see it over all of y'all, so I know you can see it. With tender humility and quiet patience, turn to your neighbor and give them a little nudge with your elbow and say, patience. Always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially those who may try your patience. (laughs) This is in the spiritual gifts section of the library, okay? So that tells me something. Gifts and patience go together. Ask CC that question sometime. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one, say one, One. body and one, say one, One. spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. That's what sets us apart from every other religion. The goal of the spirit is unity. Don't even try to bring your gift up in here if you can't unify. You're welcome. It's true. It's the core. It's the pathway of the gift set. Remember, we're going to operate these gifts the way the Holy Spirit intended, right? 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 Right. One body, one spirit. That sounds like one to me. It says, for the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, one Father. He's the perfect Father who leads all of us, works through all of us, and lives in all of us. And He has generously given each of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Jesus. Your size matters not. Your size matters not. This is all, this is Jesus' gifts, just like we talked about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. These are Jesus' gifts. And it says, He ascends into the heavenly heights, verse 8, taking His many captured ones with Him, and gifts were given to men. Now, Psalm 68 talks about this. I read it in pre service prayer today. That there were gifts that were designated for humans. By who? By the Father. And so when Jesus died, what happened? He went down to death, hell, and the grave. Who was there? Lucifer. Satan. And what did he get from Satan? What were the keys? Okay, why, why did Jesus need to get those? Because that was our destiny, right? He got them, and what did he do with the keys, though? He gave them back to mankind, and he said what? Don't lose them again. How did they lose them? They believed the enemy over God. How do you lose your stuff? 
You believe the enemy over God. Two voices, two trees every day. Every day. He even gave us a hint. Choose life. Choose the words that sound like life. Every day you get up, there's two trees. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Punch your neighbor, say every day. Two trees every day. He gave you a hint. Choose the life-giving one. Why? Have you ever believed a bunch of negative stuff from the enemy more than one day? Man, that whole... Every day, what's he doing? He's digging your grave with words. Digging. And he'll, eventually he'll say, get in there. Eventually he'll say, you got no purpose. If you dug it a long time, you're really deep. And somebody walks by and goes, what are you doing down there? This is who I am. No, it's not. It was just one word. Then two. Then three. Have you ever been married to somebody? Okay. Have you ever? Uh, I was married to somebody that believed all the lies of the enemy. You know what he did every day? He lied about everything to me. I didn't even find out until after we were divorced. I was talking to a girl and I was like, well, my husband and I are getting a divorce. I know he's been coming to you. She goes, oh, no, I haven't seen him in four years. Every time he got his haircut, he told me he went to this girl. Why? He's in a hole. He was in a hole. All he could see was lies. So then he, yes. now some of y'all are like, what? Don't you? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You just lie, 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 hide, hide, hide. You think you're hiding and everybody's looking at you. Listen, just because his phone's in front of my face doesn't mean you can't see me. It's the same, it's the same way with the enemy. So don't believe his lies. Don't act on them. Don't try to overcompensate for them. Remember what I said about insecurity on Wednesday night? Right now in this season, God is highlighting insecurity to show you where your security is in the wrong place. Let him. We're asking for his fire. Fire up those insecurities. Bring them all up so I can be like, am I friends with you or not? No, you're not friends. Nine, he ascended means that he returned to the heaven after he had first ascended from the heights of the heaven even to the lower regions. I just talked about that. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of the heaven in order to begin restoration and fulfillment. Has this begun? Yes. Yes. Do your head like this. The restoration and fulfillment has begun, and you're a part of it. The goal of getting restored is to be a restorer. You know, Pam went to this class to become a mold remediator. What does that mean? It means, where does mold come from? See, like, like if we let their house sit for like just 30 days, we didn't do anything to all that water. It would begin to build something that we would then have to remediate. That's what happens to us. We got to just wash that stuff. Just come on, just turn the hose on and just get it right on out. 
You know, we tried to take our power washer over there to wash the garage, but we didn't have any water. That didn't work. It took us a moment. Listen, the power to change and shift is in the room right now. Skepticism is against change. I don't. I can't do enough song and dance hoop d- dancing to get a skeptic out of their skepticism. Right. So this is what he said, verse eleven. He has appointed some to begin the restoration fulfillment of things. That's right. He has appointed some to begin this restoration fulfillment of things. He has appointed some. Okay. With grace to be apostles. Now, let's just read it. And some grace to be prophets, and some grace to be evangelists, and some grace to be pastors. Honestly, pastors is never mentioned in the whole Bible except for right there, and it really means shepherds, just saying. Oh, here's my moment. So this is the reason why we have not embraced these gifts, is because in Western culture... We took the one word that's not even in the Bible, pastor. This word really is shepherd. They just translated for us. And we made them the leaders. How many went to a pastor-led church? Well, you're going to have to have a (laughs) sozo. Sorry, but you just are. Because that wasn't God's, that wasn't Jesus's ordained way. I'm just helping you. Don't be offended at me. And so when I've been led by a shepherd, what's a shepherd doing? Trying to keep those sheep from running off the edge of the cliff. Trying to feed them, nurture them. Right? When a pastor sees a problem, what is their solution? Yeah, let's nurture. Right? Come on, on, everybody come up. Let's have a hug fest. Because that cures everything. Because we all just need a bunch of hugs. Now see, why doesn't that make a good leader? It doesn't make a good leader because that's not all that we're called to do. We're just not called to eat grass all day. It's part of the walk. Right? Right? And see, the thing that you have to remember, everybody in here has a leaning. Come on, everybody just lean a little bit with me. Has a leaning towards one of these particular gifts that Jesus gave out. And I tend to look at life through that leaning. Okay, so we're all pretty prophetic around here, right? This is what the prophets do. The prophets are like, hey, that's prophetic. Hey, did you see that cloud? That's prophetic. Hey, did you see that? That's prophetic. Hey, that's prophetic, right? The evangelist is like, why are we even in here? We need to be out saving souls. I don't know what we're doing. We don't need any meetings. We don't need any fundraising. Nothing, right? The teacher is like, I know what your problem is. You haven't been in the Word. Everything is solved by the Word. These are just leanings that we have developed in our culture. But what if we change that? What if we said that wherever I go, whoever I interact with, the Holy Spirit can unction me to function with whatever gift is necessary for the audience that I have right in front of me? 
Would that change anybody's thought process at all? Because see, what we did when they began to be restored, we were like, I, I think I'm that. And I'm, you know, I'm all about identifying. But I think I'm that. So how do I be that? Now we're focused on how we be the one thing as opposed to how we be with the one thing. I'm telling you, this is a game changer for me. I don't know if you can get your little cruise ship turned around there or not. I know it's hard. But think about looking at these gifts in their definition from Jesus and how Jesus would want to naturally flow that through you. So then if you come up to something in your life, then you would know, well, do I need a word from the word? Do I need a word that's prophetic in nature about my future, about what's happening? Do I need to get saved again? Do I need to train myself in another way? Do I need to have a blueprint? I mean, there's this, do I need a little nurturing today? All of these should be operational, in my opinion, in our lives. See, because the problem is, is that when I begin to just stamp titles on everybody, people don't think they can operate outside that. And so when someone comes to you with a need, you're like, who could I get to do that? It's you. It's you. Who are you going to get? You. Act like you're the only person on the planet. And a problem came to you because you're a heaven solutionary, right? And so just tap it. Oh, Siri wanted to talk to us. And so just tap in to whatever gift, either from the Holy Spirit or from Jesus, that it should be operational right here. I'm telling you, it would transform your life. Now, the beautiful thing about these gifts is that they can be refined. What refines them? The use of them. The use of them. You're not going to be able to go... I want to refine those from afar and I'll watch over there and see how I would know you got to use it. It's a test product. And here's the beautiful thing. If you'll test it and another level of maturity, get feedback. Oh, I know that's so hard. Listen, I've got my little nucleus people. They let me give them feedback publicly. Oh, hurry, pick up your feet. It's getting deep. Some of us, we don't want feedback. So your, your gift stays in its infant state. That's why you can know about it for 40 years. And never walk in the anointing of it. Because what's the goal of it? Remember? To be one. Are you one with anyone? My gifts operate in a body to build up. Let's, let's look at it. It says, uh, pastors, teachers, and their calling 
is, who called them? Who called them? Jesus. These are Jesus' gifts. Who called them? Jesus. If I say it next time, you'll be more confident, won't you? <laughs> Their calling is to nurture and prepare all holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Listen, whenever God called me to start One Life, He said, don't abort my babies. My spiritual babies need someone to build them up. So I attract babies. Remember when you were a baby? Do you remember when you were a baby? When we're a baby, we think we know everything. As adults, we realize we don't know anything. We have to ask. Listen, let me help you. The first step is building a habit of asking. First ask the Holy Spirit, then ask somebody if that was the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know if you know this, but as a baby, your soul sounds like the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can be a baby for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Time means nothing. It's what you do with the time. And if you want to grow, and if you don't want to be stagnant, you have to become one. You have to become vulnerable. You have to ask. You have to get feedback. You have to receive correction. This is what Vinton talked about the other day. You have to, because that's love. It says these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. What's the goal again? One, 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 one. I love being unified. Listen, I, it's rare over the last 30 years that I've gone to bed ununified. It's a goal. Because you know what? I don't know if you know this, but when you wake up in the morning... Ununified is still there. Married people, raise your hands. You all know what I'm talking about. But it's hard work to be unified. Listen, here's the thing you have to remember. Is that everybody starts out as a baby Christian. Everybody's faith is at baby level. The best thing that you can do, especially if you're married with someone who maybe isn't growing or doesn't care, is just keep growing. Because put something hot, 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 hot next to something cold, 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 it gets hot. Listen, don't ever try to slide back to cold because that makes you Luke. And Papa said... What happens with Lou? He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. So listen, once you become aware today, if you're becoming aware of something, build on it. Run with it. At the end of the day, when you stand before God, he's not going to say, what'd your husband do? What'd your wife do? He's going to say, how well did you love? Love means pursuing the one that has won you. 
We're going to win more people for God demonstrating hot, passionate love than trying to come down to their level so they'll understand us. See, that's the difference between a pastor-led organization and an apostolic-led organization. The blueprint, the apostolic is constantly seeing what God wants to do on the earth next. So if you are in a pastor-led church, you are going to have to go through healing for that because your mindset is so low. It's earthbound. It's soul-bound. Your soul won the day. If you want to step into the apostolic, it's heaven-focused. What is the blueprint of heaven for today? These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. So there's two things that are happening. Cece's going to come give us some amazing, amazing closure encouragement. But listen, two things that are happening with these gifts. I'm going to talk more about them in the days to come, weeks to come. But we are growing in our ability to understand a fuller picture of what it means to know. That word know there is an intimate it's a relational intimacy. It doesn't matter if nobody you know knows him intimately, you can. This is not a competition. This is a hunger. It's not a competition. It's what do you want personally? Right now in this room, you personally, what do you want? Do you want to step into the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God? I do. I do. There is a depth. That, listen, the layers of God will never, it says in eternity, the layers of God, it's my paraphrase, will never be exhausted even in eternity. We will keep learning about God, learning about God, learning about God more and more and more. That's how dimensional He is. Don't act like what you know now. I hope what I know today is nothing compared to what I know next year this time and the next year and the next year. I can tell you what I know today is way different than what I knew 30 years ago when I was in religion. And, and to try to know God inside the religious spirit is work. It's so much work. Because there's always another book you need to read, always another thing. No, we're talking about an intimate knowledge of the Son of God. The one that first loved you. The one that gave his life for you. The one that went and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave and gave them, gave you this authority. The one that you're sitting next to in heaven. Just look over at him. What do you think he's about? It's inexhaustible. And when I realize that's the reason he gave me these gifts. These gifts are meant to explore the planet with him, looking through the lens and perspective of the gifts of Jesus. Every one of these gifts is about perspective. If you would switch it from a title to perception, 
from a title you're trying to get to prove everybody and get somebody to come by and pat you on the back and say, you're a prophet, aren't you? Yeah, you're an apostle, aren't you? Yeah, you're a teacher. You're great at that. If we would switch it from that to this is a perspective. How can I look through the lens of the gift of Jesus from an apostle's perspective for that person, that entity? See, if we would do that even about one life, we would have no needs among us. We would have no needs among us. God would, we would, we would be activated to give because we know that the giving activates the abundance. Every place that we restrict, whether it be time, money, energy, the giving back to what gave to us first. That's why it's not giving to an entity, it's giving to a king. Let me finish this. So that's two things. Oneness of the faith, fullness of what it means to know. And finally, we become a perfect man. What does that perfect word mean? Whole. W-H-O-L-E. Whole. How many want whole? That's the third step. Right? So that tells me that's a process. We all want whole first. No, you got to practice first. I know, I know that pastor-led church said we all got to be perfect first. Don't let anybody minister. Come on. They did. I was there. Can't minister anybody because you might hurt somebody. Because we were what? We were all we cared about was what? Mm-hmm. Can't hurt anybody. Come on. But see, the heavenly perspective is, well, this is how we train it. This is how we refine it. We've got to practice. Come on. Yeah. <sighs> With the full dimensions of, my favorite thing, spiritual maturity. And fully developed into the abundance of Jesus. Okay, we're going to be talking about this some more. But listen, try to turn your little big old cruise ship of thinking a different direction. And say, okay, these gifts are given to me from Jesus for a different purpose. Not for a title, right? Come on, Cece. Sweet message, right? Wow, so good. You know, um, the Holy Spirit was really talking to me about this, just how much Jesus trusts us, that we have made things so complicated. Humanity has made things so complicated, you know. And I have, I wanted to share just a little tidbit that um, I heard from Johnny Enlow. He was giving a report on his recent trip to South America. And he's written a book, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, he wrote a book called The Seven Mountain Mandate, I think is what it was called, about the seven mountains. So he's got a whole ministry about the seven mountains. Well, um, he told a story that when he was in Columbia just recently, somebody came up to him and said, hey, you know, you've got to come up, you've got to come visit our church, you've got to come visit our church. And he had not, um, didn't have that on his agenda or, or itinerary, but he made time to go and visit his church. Well, when he got there, this was in South Columbia, I think, and which was, I don't know anything about this. I'm just repeating the story, but apparently is not known for being a really safe part of town. It's not a good neighborhood. It's really run down and all of that. Really um, a lot of violence. So if you ever are in Columbia and say you're going to, I think it was South Bogota or something like that, they would, they would be like, oh, you don't want to go there. They would normally tell you that. Well, he met this man. He shows up to go talk to see this church, and it's actually a conglomeration of homes and there was something like 1,500 people there. 
and most of them were pastors of other churches. And so he found, he discovered that they were having church, and instead of pews and seats, everybody had a desk because they realized that they were students of implementing the gospel on the earth, of actually doing the work of the ecclesia. And so the pastor had a cool story. Years ago, he was a pastor, and he lives in this part of town, and it wasn't very good, and he got tired of the, of the power of God not being demonstrated in his community. Like the power of God was not overcoming evil. It was, wasn't overcoming darkness and poverty and all of that in his area. So he got reached this point where he was saying, you know, he was praying and calling, crying out to God, and he said, you know what? I've got to have something new. You've got to show me something new or I'm done. I'm quitting. And he was on his face for hours and hours at home. I'm sure it wasn't the first time he prayed that, you know, but he reached an end. And he finally got to the end of his time and he was just like, nothing's happened. I guess I'm done. And it was four o'clock in the morning and he heard a noise at his front door and somebody slipped Johnny Enlow's first book under his door at 4 a.m. And to this day, he doesn't know who it was. Okay. It was Johnny Enlow's first book. That man took that book, read it that night, went to his church and implemented what it said right away. He never checked in with Johnny Enlow again. He never said, what's your next book? I never said I need more training on this. And Johnny Enlow was laughing about it because he was saying, you know, normally he would encourage people to do that, like get some training on how to do this. But this man just believed. He just believed, and he was like, well, this book about the seven mountains of culture and what that we are supposed to be influencing culture, this is what I've been looking for. This is what makes sense. And so they started using the grace gifts. They, in fact, he said, when new people get saved at this church, the very first assignment that they're given is to read this book. And they have to choose a mountain to start addressing. They don't even wait and say... God, you know, what mountain am I called to? Now, Johnny Enlow wasn't saying he like endorsed this method, but it was a testament of just believing that this is who I am and that these are the gifts that have been given to me and I'm going to go to work with them. I'm going to start doing the stuff. And so I don't know how many years ago this was. I think it was less than 10 years ago or so. Um, but he, they now have multiple churches. There's an entire, um, area of Bogota now that now, if you're in Colombia and you say you're going to the Southern part of Bogota, they ask you which part, because now there's an area that's perfectly fine to go to this church and it's in its people. And it's branched out into open to several churches. Now they've opened restaurants and businesses. They're actively addressing their community just because of one person getting up and saying, this is what we're meant to do, and God's provided the gifts and the power to do it. And so it just really um, struck me that even without any training, and those people now have planted a church in the northern part of Columbia, the part that was ritzy and supposed to be really good. The southern part is now going there to influence it, okay? So um, just to say, it's just about believing and participating in the process. It was such a great story about what Tisa shared about we don't have to wait to be perfect. We weren't called to be perfect. We were called to have faith and believe in what he said we could do with him. And so I just had to share that. And so I, I do have this word I want to share with you, and I believe it's um, some insight. And in, in addition to some encouragement, I believe it's some insight into what God is doing 
um, right now in us. And so I hope this will help you in the coming days. But I did have an, another dream where I was in this roundabout way, talked about this certain album. And so I searched out a matter and it led me to listening to this album that I didn't even, I've never really heard before, um, a Christian album. And um, I knew it was him, though, when I searched it out, because the very first song on the album was, I built my house upon a stone. Now, what did we just, just last week, right? We talked about how in um, Moses' time, God said, behold, there is a place beside me, and you can stand there on the rock, and the rock was Jesus. So I knew this was about what God was on right now. I built my house upon a stone, and that's what God's doing. He's building up his house in us on the rock of Jesus, okay? And so I began to listen to this album, and I just wept through the whole thing. I was just so moved emotionally, and I could not even put words to it. I couldn't figure out what the Holy Spirit was even talking about. It didn't have a particular theme to me, but it was great, okay? It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. And so I just, I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking though. And so I pressed in and started talking to him and he wrote back and he has a word for us today. And so I said, Papa, Holy Spirit, my sweet, sweet Savior, I feel you with such intensity today. I feel your glory washing over me, touching places in my heart that I didn't realize needed your touch so much. Places that seem to have been relegated to a later day some other time for them to have a drink, for them to have a touch of your presence, for them to have a light shined on them, to warm the cold places, to bring hope and joy and gratefulness. I don't know how these places became relegated, ignored, or set aside. They weren't condemned, so to speak, and it doesn't seem to be out of self-protection or fear, but maybe just forgetfulness. Maybe just corners of identity that didn't seem as important. And that right there, the Holy Spirit jumped on that. Corners of our identity that just didn't seem as important to us. And Papa said, my child, there are colors and textures in the fabric of your identity that you know nothing of. There are designs that you've never felt or seen that your mind has no ability to perceive. Beautiful, woven tapestries that speak of my glory await your day of discovery. They await your song, the notes of your own voice added. My song is not yet complete without your notes added. Every aspect of my creation will sing. Every aspect of my artistry has a song to sing, a melody to release. Creation groans because of the song they have not yet released. They await your entangling. They await what your vision releases. You have seen a glimpse of my design in the statement that matter responds differently depending on who looks at it. Oh, if only you knew how much this is true. Mysteries and wonders are being unveiled in this season. Not for the fascination of mankind to marvel at their own discoveries, but for my children to wake up and see the glory that awaits their partnering. Imagine it now, he said, glory, 
concealed in the mundane, forgotten things. Glory simmering below the surface of the rejected and cast away. Glory shining under the cover of what you've called nothing. My kingdom awaits your discovery, your belief. My kingdom awaits the voices that will say, I have tasted and I have seen. Kingdom seeds are stirring with this holy outpouring. With this shaking, they know that there's an awakening. They know that the eyes of my sons and daughters are coming. My waters released create a softening in your souls. Please don't resist their flow. It's me coming with what you need. Don't worry if you haven't asked for it. Just receive. Don't worry if it exceeds your understanding. Just believe. Imagine a river of divinity released, flowing into every crack and every crevice. This river knows where to flow. It needs no instruction, no diverting or directing. Surrender to all I've released. Let my presence in my spirit saturate every place it flows. Honor me in this. Honor the way I have chosen to come with this liquid love. It's a good word, isn't it? Now, I found a few nuggets in there, the way the Holy Spirit's always saying multiple things at one time, and I want to explain a few of the pictures I saw as I wrote this word and as um, that then I searched out in uh, some of these little hidden nuggets. And so the first thing is, um, if in case you didn't recognize it, he referenced the quantum realm that we talked about last year, was it last year's word of the year? That said, quantum science has already proven that matter responds differently depending on who looks at it. And so we have a whole word on that, a whole message on that about the power of our imagination and what our imagination was called to and how there was this eye-opening view of what if this earth, this earth can't be changed into the kingdom of God until our imagination begins to imagine it being the kingdom of God, begins to act on the imagination of it being the kingdom of God acts on what we see, and then gives our voice to it. Because when we look at something, as sons and daughters of God, when we look at something, we impact it. It stirs the matter to respond according to kingdom standards, according to kingdom design. So that was one thing. Just want to make sure everybody caught that, that matter responds differently depending on who looks at it. So he's talking about this idea, I love his pictures, you know, Jesus talked in parables and told pictures, and they do an amazing uh, job at helping me on my journey. But he painted this picture, the way I see it is that literally, he's, he's told me this many times, right, that kingdom seeds are distributed everywhere. Kingdom seeds are being planted, watered, and developed. They may not look like the kingdom yet, but they're there. So that reference to creation groaning um, if you recall, is a reference to um, the verse in Romans 18 that says, um, yeah, Romans 8, verse 19, for all of creation is waiting and yearning for the time when the children of God will be revealed. The time when the children of God will be revealed. That's revealed to ourselves. 
So that now this picture that he was saying creation is growing because there are hidden seeds of glory that are shimmering under the surface of the things that we've called nothing that are shimmering under the surface of things that we have ignored that we don't we think it's nothing we think it's dead it's nothing it's not important and there's a little seed of glory shining in there and it's just waiting for you to look at it with a new expectation to look at it with new eyes because when it does that's when it gets to come comes to life. And so we all know that there's a shaking going on in the world right now. And so he was saying that these seeds know that the shake, the shaking tells them that the sons and daughters are coming. The shaking is telling these seeds of glory that we are coming, that we are coming with a new vision, with a new belief and a new authority to speak over them. And so let me take you back to this other part he, when he talks about there being designs in your identity that you've never felt or seen that your mind has no ability to perceive. Beautiful woven tapestries that speak of my glory await your day of discovery. They await your song, the notes of your own voice. He said, my song is not yet complete without your own notes added. And that is how the kingdom comes. And so the cool thing about God is that it, he's already singing over us. I've been singing that literally sing over me. I cannot stop singing it in the natural. I can't stop singing it lately. I, I haven't figured out why exactly. This might be it. Because he's already singing over us, and when we hear his song, it gives us a song. We, we sang about that in the encounter room yesterday. And so that's just a principle of how he works and how he has meant for this journey to play out for us. So what he was showing me, though, that this tapestry of our design, I started picturing all the threads of tapestry, you know, the different fabrics, and I realized that that was the, um, you know, sheet music where all the lines, you put the notes on there. The tapestry of our design is waiting for our notes to be sung, okay? So within our identity, things that we don't even know yet are places where we are meant to add our, our own melody, our own song. God wants us to add our personalized notes to the song that he's singing, and that's how the kingdom comes. That's how the kingdom of God advances. Do you understand that God is singing, but he wants you to sing with him? He wants you to add your notes. It literally takes each of us seeing these seeds and speaking over them and believing over them and singing over them for the kingdom to come. He planted it in each of us. It's not going to happen without us. And it's each, each of us are unique. So each of us has something to sing, a melody that will not be heard unless you sing it. His song he wants us to add our personalized notes. So this process that we're on, this journey that we're on of being um, refined is not about killing off your soul. It's not about killing off your identity and killing, uh, killing it all off. He wants to refine it, to resurrect you in your unique design. So the cool aspect, though, I couldn't remember the name of what that's called in sheet music. I used to know how to read sheet music like when I was 10, I think, for for two years, then it was gone, right? So all the lines, you put the notes on. Well, I, I couldn't remember what that was called. And I looked it up and was reminded it's called a staff. It's called a staff. Now, where have we heard about a staff recently? It was the staff with Moses that he set, hit the rock and made the water come out. Now the staff after the resurrection, you know, the staff would, would represent the, his rod and my staff. No, your rod my, and your staff are my comfort and my shelter, right? Psalm 23, however it goes, whatever version you're reading. And so the staff 
actually actually represents his authority, but also his protection and his shepherding. A shepherd is what who carries a staff, right? You've seen those picture, pictures. So it was so cool that Tisa actually talked about that today because it's his shepherding. In his shepherding, just press into this visual, okay, with me. It's in his shepherding that we sing our song. We add our notes to the staff. We add our notes to the journey of being shepherded by him. The staff of his shepherding, which a, sta- a staff protects us. If in, a, in terms of an actual shepherd, you know, a staff is used to keep us safe. It's actually used to lead the sheep to places to feed. So it's for our sustenance. It protects against wild animals. That When we walk off a cliff, there's a little hook on the end where he can pick you up and pull you back up so you don't go plummeting to your death, you know. So it's on the journey of his shepherding that we actually begin the, to sing the songs and we begin to add the notes of our own melody to his song. So that that may be really deep for you, but I know that it's true about what God's saying. And so simplified version, I feel like what God is doing, he's building his house upon a rock. He's building his house upon a stone. He's simultaneously right now implementing and uh, reestablishing his truth, his foundational truth in our lives, just like the Richardson's house. We're, it's going to have to be remodeled. It's going to have to be some flooring is going to have to be replaced, right? Well, there's a foundation that's going to have to be scraped and cleared off. And then he's going to build on that. So he's building his house upon the authority, which the rod and is the rod and the staff, right? His rod is his authority and uh, his truth. And so he's building his truth on that. So he's reestablishing our foundations in him as he builds his house. But he's also releasing this flood of his spirit. He's releasing this outpouring over us right now. There's been numerous prophetic words. The very first picture I saw in keeping with this was a hand and, and hand that slapped the water. Okay. And then there's the reference to Moses hitting the rock and releasing the water. There's like she said, so many references. There was a, uh, we had a word here a few weeks ago about us being pregnant. Remember with our third birth, ready to get, give birth. Lana Vosser released a word and in it, she had this little part that talked about, um, your water's breaking. Okay. It's all connected. We are in the process of giving birth to something as, as sons and daughters for the kingdom. And we're in the process of being washed by the water. And it's this water that the, the end of this word said is the softening. It's softening us in places that we've hardened, whether we know it or not, that we've relegated as, I don't need to, you ever had that part of your yard that you don't really care if you water it? You know, that's like kind of ugly anyways. It's never going to grow anything. So you don't ever water that that thing or that plant you thought just that's never going to grow. I'm not going to water that anymore. That's what he's talking about. His flooding knows where to go. So just like in my encounter yesterday, I was flooded with something that I didn't even know needed to be flooded. I was washed with something. I received a drink and a nourishment in a place that I didn't even know needed it. And that's what he's saying he's doing, because you know what that does is soften the soil. It softens the ground so that because something's being being planted there. Something's being raised up from that place. And we have to trust it 
in the following. We have to trust in our following of his shepherding. Trust the water. So I'm just asking you, please, as the Holy Spirit moves in the coming days, if you have emotions that are pulled on, places in your life that you have relegated to just trying to shut off and not think about it, not feel anything from that area, if the Holy Spirit starts moving there, please just yield to it. Honor what he said, honor the way I've chosen to pour out this liquid love. And just like she said in that dream that I had about that one group of people, when the people took the detour, it became very restricted. You know how, um, like at the airport or a drive-through, how they, they direct your path. Like they build up the little cement barrier so your car can only go certain directions or you're going to have to go off-roading basically, you know, right over them. And so it became very, very narrow. Don't restrict him. Don't restrict his flow and what he's pouring out right now. Allow him to water those places in you, even if in the past they didn't feel safe because everything he is pouring out right now is for our benefit. It's for our good. And he knows what he's doing. So trust the shepherding, trust the journey, and allow him to, to bring up that song, that melody that only you can sing inside of you. So Papa, we just thank you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for the way that you speak. Thank you for the way that you speak. Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid on the cross, that there is no cost that we can pay here that would exceed the, cross, the cost that you already paid for us on the cross and that you're just asking for us to come and receive from you. Come and receive all that your cost is now made available to us, that has benefited us. You're just asking us to come and rise up as your sons and daughters and be who we were made to be, be who you paid the price for us to be able to be, our original design. So we just thank you for your shepherding of us. And we just say today that we will partner with you in a brand new way. We will let go of all the religious restraints that said that that wasn't us, that it didn't apply to us. We will let go of, of, of the labeling of apostle and prophet and teacher and evangelist and all of that. And we'll just say, I will be who you want me to be. I will see the way you want me to see. And I will do what you want me to do in any given circumstance. And we will trust your flow, Holy Spirit. We will trust your flow in this season. You are so trustworthy. You are so faithful. So we take our little mustard seed of faith and we just say, it's yours. We believe. We believe. Help us in the places that we have unbelief, but we believe and we will move forward. We will not be stagnant. We will be moved by the flow of your outpouring in this season. So we just thank you, Papa. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would seal this message up today in a personal way for each and every person, that you would make it personal and applicable to their lives. Speak to them in dreams and visions on TV and radio stations and billboards and friends, whether it's through correction or through um, adoring and adoring words and encouragement. Whatever it takes, Holy Spirit, make it personal. We want to be your ecclesia. We want to be your bride living and active on the earth. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.